Good afternoon. Uh, my name is Jasmine, and you are listening to Objection to the Rule on Radio Free Brooklyn, your Sunday afternoon news hour. Uh, we are recording this episode on Saturday, October 22nd, and you are listening to it on Sunday, October 23rd, and it will rebroadcast on Monday the 24th at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, this week, I have two special guests with me, uh, Matthew and Anika, another pair of very good friends of mine. Uh, so how are the, the two of you doing? You know, these are trying times, Jasmine, but doing my best. Um. <laughs> I know I heard I hear that. It's like I think every single week Teresa would be like, how ladies, how are you doing? And I would be like, I'm hanging in there. <laughs> <laughs> we are trying to survive. Thriving may come later, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I am also surviving. I'm happy to like not be at work. I'm happy that it's like a beautiful day. Okay, are you saying that because, you know, I was at work today and you're like, bro. <laughs> no, it's just like, it's it's just like literally like nice to be at, nice to be not at work. <laughs> yeah, like it's nice to have like the weekend to yourself. You know, I had to work both days, but it is a beautiful fall day. I will say that. Yeah. All right. So on this week's episode, we are going to be talking about for local news, a city hall staffer fired over a secret audio of him coming out, potential national don't say gay bill the UN Security Council resolution and sanctions against Haiti and Haitians, and a MAGA superhero film flop. So I will be beginning with the local news story. Uh, This comes from The Gothamist. The title is City Hall Aid Fired After Disparaging Remarks About NYC Mayor Surface. It was written by Catalina Ganella on October the 20th. A City Hall staffer was fired after a secretly recorded video of him lambasting Mayor Eric Adams and mocking NYPD officers surfaced on Tuesday. The video consists of a series of clips taken at different bars and restaurants in which Christopher Baugh candidly shared his takes on the mayor and other city issues. I don't know that Eric Adams is capable enough to navigate it, Boss said of the mayor's handling of the city's migrant crisis in the video released by far-right activist group Project Veritas. Mm. Boo hiss to that. In another clip, he was heard saying, the mayor thinks he's got, like, ambition for running for president, and I'm like, this is it for you. Like, no, you can't. But it was Baugh's comments about NYPD officers and firefighters that led to his ouster, Adams said on Thursday. In one clip, Baugh says he has no sympathy for cops and firefighters who were fired from their jobs after refusing to get vaccinated for COVID-19. They chose not to do a very, very harmless thing that protects the rest of society. Fuck them, Baugh said. I don't give a shit. They're like, wow, this is unfair. Fucking deal with it. He later said, being a cop is like the cushiest gig in the city. Like you might get shot, but otherwise it's very good. The mayor said he felt the remarks targeting first responders ultimately crossed the line. The first tape we saw Christopher say disparaging remarks about me. The team came to me and stated, you know what, are we getting rid of him? I said, no, Adams said at a news conference on Thursday. People crap on me every day. 
you got to be thick skinned. But when you have disparaging remarks about first responders, it's unacceptable. It's not tolerated. Adams added, we did give him a second chance. Got to be thick skinned in this business. But my first responders don't have to be thick skinned and I'm going to stand up for them. Baugh's name made headlines over the summer when he was robbed at gunpoint and reportedly told the muggers, you don't want to do this. I work for the mayor. So uh, that's the end of that story. I thought it was, um, well, I'll let, I'll let the two of you tell me what you thought of it before I share my thoughts. I mean, he's kind of made some points about the cops, though. Um, they did make a choice, and they were, quote-unquote, enforcing within the city, and they were probably super spreaders. Um, i also pretty sure Adams was using that little note of, they always crap on me. He was probably hurt by it and definitely wanted some revenge. I feel the same way. Like, no, like I feel like Eric Adams is like a cop first and like he may have been like deflecting it as like the mayor, but he absolutely like felt that as like a cop and like a uh, presentation is so important to him that like having somebody like within his administration who's like running his mouth like that on like several occasions is definitely gonna like not be um received in like the um learning opportunity way that like maybe like another person would receive it but what's like super well to me about this story is that like project veritas is like the one recording and able to like compile like a a whole reel about um this dude's like feelings about the mayor and also yeah he like he spoke only facts (laughs) i mean the first let's get one thing straight uh mayor adam's first job title is socialite that man loves a good picture loves a good party he's not mayor or cop first (laughs) he is a socialite (laughs) the original mortimer tinsley to be honest um one of the housewives. Oh, <laughs> Mortimer? Mortimer? <laughs> Tinsley? Yeah, Tinsley Mortimer, I believe. It's sort of, I, it may be wrong, but uh, yeah, she was like back in the day, one of the socialites in New York City, I believe, like with the Hiltons and stuff. <laughs> um, very Adams these days. Uh, but yeah, like Project Veritas, not to be trusted, like without a doubt, like not reputable at any means. Um and yeah, I'm curious to know if it didn't touch anything, if the comments didn't even reach like first responders, quote unquote, which I wonder if they were using first responders to cover as an umbrella term for cops rather than like, were they talking I about firefighters about, and EMTs I and didn't cops? See, I didn't see the clips myself, but the article was saying he they mentioned NYPD and firefighters, but the things that they put in quotes, he was just saying cops. I didn't see anything about firefighters. Okay. But I'm sure if it's a mm-hmm. series of clips, he probably also mentioned them. Yeah, I mean, this guy was just hanging out with Project Veritas and never once questioned why they would pull out a tape recorder. I don't think he was hanging out with it. Like The thing that I was going to say is... I think this needs to be a lesson to people that not everybody that's in your social circle is on the same page as you necessarily politically. Cause like from what I'm able to see, he was just like chilling casually with people socially. And one of those people was secretly recording him. Like, I don't really, 
I think he was just being um, whatever you think about what he said. I think he was really comfortable being in a public space saying stuff like this and just kind of assumed that everyone would either be like, yeah, man, or like not want to use it against him in some way. But I don't know, man, somebody didn't like him or he was just in the wrong spot and people overheard and did that, which you know, that part of it is very creepy to me. Like, you just never really know who is around mm-hmm. you. Yeah, I, that that's a good point. Like, I get very stressed even in, like, public, considering all the TikToks we see these days of, like, people just being recorded and posted online and going viral. And that's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when it, that power is wielded for, like, even more nefarious means. It's not good for anybody. I'm kind of like freestyling a little bit here. Um, but Project Veritas is this uh, group that uses like surreptitious recording and like creative on like in like the most generous interpretation to like outright like um, like manipulated, misleading, dishonest, um, editing to target, like, people who are, like, in liberal to progressive spaces. Um, I don't know if folks remember this, like, national community organization, like, they had chapters all over called ACORN. They did, like, a lot of um, work around, like, getting, like, low-income people in, like, housing and, like, other, like, um, community organizing efforts and if I'm remembering correctly it was Project Veritas's like first big um like edited video stunt involved like these two actors I believe one of them was the founder Jim O'Keefe James O'Keefe um dressed up in this like ridiculous stereotypical pimp outfit with like a young woman um who was like supposed to be playing the role of like a sex worker like working under him um he they like went to an acorn office and sought housing um and were able to secure like some sort of like resources benefits and that was basically like what got acorn targeted and defunded uh 10 plus years ago um and yeah, no, they they target like liberal and progressive figures and are somehow like able to like always be successful despite like the known deceitful practices and like dirty tricks that it takes to get their like distorted um, messages out there. Yeah, I knew that like they were tied into Acorn um, and just, yeah, O'Keefe, he is the ringleader and is basically a very like Bannon-ish, I think, like is the face of Absolutely. it and stuff and they keep trying yeah they keep trying to make like documentary like these exposés and they're just like they uh, keep trying to go after Planned Parenthood and any like pro-abortion services um and none of it's explosive like because they're exposing people who are like doing good work <laughs> and it's like this is like more morally like horrible and it's just like doctors and professionals being like this is actually the information this is like medical yeah, science like even the thing fact, that anika was talking about it's like okay so it's the end of the world that maybe someone who didn't quote unquote deserve it got some help and that's outraging to you 
Like, so you would rather have exactly. a situation where like, let's help no one because there's mm-hmm. someone you might feel is undeserving that gets it. Like, it's just, it's ass backwards. Uh, yeah. And they have like, none of it's logical and none of them are doing it for quote unquote, the better good. It's all like, it's, it's a grift. Um, yeah, and it, it makes some money. Yeah, well, thank you for um, breaking down exactly. I had heard of them, but I didn't know many details about what all they do. But um, I definitely think it's important for people, especially if you're someone on the left or you're progressive or you're interested in being involved in any type of, you know, just work to help regular people, like keep your eyes open because there are unfortunately people like this with nefarious intent that will twist things around try to get you caught up and I know I've I've been guilty of it in the past where it's like I was you know maybe in a social situation or talking to someone that I just kind of assumed was on the same page with me about things and then in the course of the conversation you figure you realize like oh no like this person is not (laughs) you know and it's like it happens but then there's a lot of people where they wouldn't ever tell you or say that like well actually i'm anti-choice or like whatever but they might you know tell someone else or like try to go after you or leak things because yeah he was sitting chilling at that table like take drinking some water or wine or whatever it was and they sure enough got him and i think i think the little end part where he was like you don't want to do this i work for the mayor to the mugger i'm so uh it's like well do you like the mayor do you not like the mayor like which one is (laughs) right decide i mean like do you do you stand behind what you said or you're just like actually just wanting yeah that's a mess like if you say what you say and stand 10 toes down on it Mm -hmm. but be aware of like your surroundings at all times because you know we got a lot of shady shifty people out here and they seem to be multiplying (laughs) all right so that is it for our local news segment Uh, we're going to go into our first musical break and on the topic of being careful who you say things around This is The Undisputed Truth with Smiling Faces Sometimes. You're listening to Objection to the Rule on Radio Free Brooklyn. We'll be right back. Sometimes they don't tell the truth. Smiling faces, smiling faces tell lies, and I got proof.
Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every dollar helps us stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax deductible. Please support with a monthly pledge or a one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. Welcome back to Objection to the Rule on Radio Free Brooklyn. And next up, we have Matthew with our national news story. Hello, everybody. My story today, um, the title of the article is What's in the So-Called Don't Say Gay Bill That Could Impact the Whole Country? Uh, it's from NPR. It was published October 21st. Uh, 2022 and the author is laurel wamsley apologize if i mispronounce that house republicans have introduced legislation that some critics are describing as as a national don't say gay bill inspired by the controversial florida law that bans instruction on gender identity and sexual orientation in kindergarten through third grade classes if the federal bill were to become law which is unlikely in the current congress its effects could be far more sweeping, affecting not just juris- not just instruction in schools, but also events and literature at any federally funded institution. Here's what's in the bill and what people are saying about it. The bill's language is broad and consequen- consequential. The measure was introduced on Tuesday by Representative Mike Johnson, a Republican from Louisiana, and co-sponsored by 32 other Republicans. Quote, the Democrat Party and their cultural allies are on a misguided crusade to immerse young children in sexual imagery and radical gender ideology. End quote, Johnson said in a statement calling the bill common sense. The bill called the Stop the Sexualization of Children Act aims to prohibit the use of federal funds to develop, implement, facilitate, or fund any sexually oriented program, event, or literature for children under the age of 10 and for other purposes. The language in the proposed legislation lumps together topics of sexual orientation and gender identity with sexual content such as pornography and stripping. Um, And that's where I'm going to stop reading there. Um, This is just um, basically they're emulating what what DeSantis did in Florida on a national level, uh, which is much more terrifying. and that's kind of where, uh, if we want to start a conversation there, Jasmine, Anika, if you have thoughts on this? I just, I feel like it's so gross that, like, this is, like, all they have in terms of, like, policy, you know? Like, to really, obviously, like, we don't know if it's going to be, like, ultimately effective. It's obviously, like, part of a broader campaign. But, like, the fact that, like, this even looks, like, politically, like, useful to them as, like, a proposal nationwide is just, like, kind of blowing my mind. I mean, it's, like, shocking, but not unsurprising, I guess. Shocking, but not surprising, sorry. And I think it's kind of what you just said. Like, in our sort of, like, wow, we, a lot of people understood politics probably would be, like, something what we see as so radical right before an election would be kind of like a bombing of a party. Like that would be horrible for them. That would tank them. But as they are understanding in our current climate, maybe it's a win in the end for them as the one party just has no platform other than hate and evil um, and just harming the people who are at like the most 
at, like outside of our society um, and just kicking them further away and demonizing them. Um, it's very scary. Uh, and it was scary when it happened in Florida. And it's terrifying that it's happening potentially at a national level. And as the author stated in the article, it's not going to pass this Congress, but we're coming up in elections. And if the House and the Senate change, these bills could get votes on, uh, could actually be voted on. Maybe it won't be signed, uh, but it's still being passed by our representatives in Congress. Yeah, it's it's reminding me of, um, like, as we all know, like Roe v. Wade fell earlier this year. We did an episode just dedicated to that when it happened or close to when it was happening. And um, one of the issues that I would see a lot on social media, it's, it's always gross when people shit on the South. You know, I'm not Southern myself, but, you know, like a lot of Black people in the U.S., I have roots in the Deep South. Like, that's where most of the Black people in the country live. So, like, making, like, statements about certain states just, like, screw them or whatever, as if it's not people held hostage to these politicians with these platforms is really gross. But not only is it, yeah, not only is it gross as and racist and classist and everything else, it's also really naive to think that what happens in Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, like it's some far away thing that could not happen where you're at. You don't know that, you know, because these people they have designs on banning things at the federal level, you know, so it's important to pay attention to what's happening locally in your area, but also what's happening in another part of the country. Cause they feed off of the, it's like one of them puts in language and it's like a template, like a boilerplate or something with the intent on getting other people to imitate that in their States. And then they try to push it up beyond just the state to the national level. Cause all this state right shit is really just, it's smoking mirrors to try to get it to be a federal ban against anyone that they feel is outside of like a white cisgender male Christian, whatever, like everyone else in their eyes is like a non-person or like they have no rights to respect you at all. I got a little excited Jasmine because so um, similar to the first story, um, an evil group that's kind of like being insidious uh, as you said, this template uh, kind of culture that's happening with legislation. There's a another uh, conservative think tank called the Federalist Society. There's been also recent articles. Uh, I believe it's Leo Leonard something, but he's uh, he helped nominate a lot of judges during Trump's administration um, and was able to swing the judiciary far right. Um, and that's the similar societies, think tanks are doing these template legislation, passing them out to the conservative legislators in local communities. And now we're seeing it just kind of being rubber stamped by these uh, re- quote unquote red state legislators who have gerrymandered the hell out of their states um, and have taken right. away voice and have effectively removed democracy. Um, and it's just, so easy for them these things are flying so quickly and so fast and the leaders of the supposedly opposition party aren't doing jack shit they are doing nothing and they are willing to uh put trans people under the bus because they think it's too politically hot 
and they are willing to hurt the marginalized communities. And it is infuriating. And week after week, we keep seeing another story of a black trans person murdered, another story of a trans person murdered. And it is exhausting. A lot of this, it's just, it's all happening very quickly. People and trans activists are yelling from the rooftops and no one is listening. And it's, it's very scary. Um, so it was just a very important thing that I think more eyes need to be on. Um, like you said, look at your local politics. Who is running? Look at the school boards. Who are these people? Why are they wanting to be on the boards? Um, and really trying to get involved at the smallest levels because that's where we're going to have to start if we need to take any of this back. No, I, I I agree with you. I was also like thinking, um, engaging with like formal politics, like electoral politics is like important, but like I feel like the wave that we are on now, like doing like solidarity work with like queer and trans people like in the South is like also like like not not just in the South, but like in like red states. Um, is also like super important. Um, Matthew, like absolutely on the Federalist Society, has like really been able to like transform like the judiciary in this country. But um, also on this like template model, like there's also the um, like Alec, the American Legislative Exchange Committee, that like yeah. literally like that is their like. That is what they do. They're just like a legislation factory. Um, and they like are, you know, composed of like business interests. Um, and they like write, they have been able to write like national policy for like over like the last decade. And there, there, there's so much money, so much dark money involved in this too. Like it's nearly unstoppable without rewriting election codes and laws and not allowing dark money to flow in like that but and then like in the the main point of like not this congress but again look at our current like current majorities look at current gerrymandering like new um gerrymandered maps went into law this year seats were lost um and it's just heavily favored to be the republicans no matter how many votes are against them or aren't for them uh and it's just kind of, it's very scary, um, especially when, again, the leaders are just feckless. Um, there's no push to correct what's happening on a ju- judicial level. The Supreme Court, I mean, it's not the answer to our problems, but that's ultimately gone. Any progressive legislation is just not going to be allowed to stand. So we are facing a huge fight um but through a lot of conversations that i've been having with friends um jasmine and i have talked about these things like community building uh, are really important avenues to go down um mutual aid organizations are becoming hopefully they're becoming a little more popular um hopefully the word's catching on a little bit more with people through covid um during the past couple of year uh, like in the past year maybe um i've tried to do some volunteer shifts of like handing out food um trying to do any good in your neighborhood um being kind to your neighbors like shoot and knowing who your neighbors are and knowing let's, yeah know what their start names there because you know yeah. i'm not the best at it i know a lot of other people you know wish they were better but that's huge if you're on the subway pay attention um things are getting dangerous out there but being aware of others 
I just think you can't ever understate, you can't ever overstate like how organized and focused the people on the other side are. So like, we can't afford to be totally scattered or individualist in the way that we look at these things. And Anika, you mentioned like self-defense for like queer people. And like, I, I follow a group on Twitter they were, I believe they may have been part of a recent story where they were armed, uh, they were armed and they were protecting a, a drag story hour, I believe. And like the conservative side went crazy and they're like, they were dangerous, but it's like, this is realistically the way things might have to be handled. Like we can't sit on the sidelines with signs when they're coming with like AK-15, what are AR-15s? Whatever right. the big guns are, assault weapons, like guns. Yeah, just any gun, like a handgun. <laughs> like we the the nice cute little quip you had on your poster isn't gonna stop that bullet from like coming at you. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean on that note, since you mentioned libraries, um, I know the three of us are all big fans of libraries and library work, and that is uh, something that is being attacked uh, across the country, even in New York State, liberal, quote unquote, New York, which, let me tell you, as somebody from Western New York, there's neighborhoods in New York City that are very, very, very red, just like there's a lot of other parts of this state that are extremely red, so don't rest on your laurels and think that some of these attacks that are happening in the Midwest or in the South cannot happen here. They are happening already. Um, and I will share on the show uh, website on the Facebook page we have and on our Instagram, some resources about how to support your local library, how to empower your local library against book bans, book challenges, and people showing up to disrupt different activities. So, you know, I think maybe because you know, I'm not, you know, a rah, 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 like I'm not that physically strong or whatever. It's like I'm not saying I would know what to do in the face of like an armed person, but it does make a difference, like showing up in numbers and being alert to what's happening or like knowing what's happening on your school board going to the library, be a friend of the library, get into the meetings and stuff, because a lot of these people they're able to take advantage of like people just not being involved. Cause like the people that show up are going to be like 90% people that are being angry, hostile, combative. Cause like the normal quote unquote people just, they don't have anything to add or they're like, I'm fine with it. So they don't think it's important, but it really makes a huge difference. You don't want to give them an inch to feel like there's a void they can just sweep in and fill with all of this garbage. So if that's something you're into, like be sure to look at our show pages. Cause you know, I would recommend it as a simple like way to get involved. If you're just like an average person and build from there with other like-minded people. Yeah. And grab a friend. Jasmine does this really amazingly well. Invite someone, make it an outing, like go together, bring numbers. Um, and bring like positive energy these are trying times um, yeah just try to be there for one another that's what we have build your community get to know your neighbors yeah 100 emoji 100 emoji 100 emoji oh, you're the emoji queen anika i must say <laughs> i really get such life from the emojis you send but uh. they're, they're not radio friendly but 
<laughs> uh, those are the best. Uh, yeah. Oh, you mean visually? Yeah. All right. Well, good talk, y'all. And like I said, please keep an eye out on our show pages for you know different links to ways you can get involved in fighting back against some of the bad shit we talk about happening in the news. Uh, you, again, you are listening to Objection to the Rule on Radio Free Brooklyn. And this is our next musical break. This song is called Look by LaKaylee47. We'll be right back. Ponytail, dragon. We up in this bitch, what's cracking? Minimal, bragging. Cause you could damn well see we ain't lacking. Lights, camera ready for that action. Lights, camera ready for that action. Tags, snatching. Designer on designer, it's a habit. Cause maybe it's a look. It's a look. It's a look. It's a look. Don't you see me? Cause maybe it's a look. It's a look. It's a look. It's a look. Can you see me? Cause maybe it's a look. Caviar, collard greens. I keep it real hood in my Prada jeans. Buy rings, high beams. Cut through dark like lightning. I'm like a slow jam on a right beat. I'm like a slow jam on a right beat. Brownsville, Bath Hills. I be everywhere in this cashmere, baby. It's a look. It's a look. It's a look. It's a look. Don't you see it? Cause baby, it's a look. You can follow our social media accounts. We have an Instagram account and we also have a Facebook account. Our Facebook page can be found at facebook.com forward slash objection radio free bk no spaces no punctuation our instagram account is at objection to the rule again no spaces no punctuation marks welcome back to objection to the rule on radio free brooklyn and up next we have anika with our world news story for the week hey everyone i'm anika i selected this story by jacqueline charles from the miami herald titled security council adopts sanctions against haiti gangs including leader known as barbecue um, and this was published on a friday october 21st uh it's fairly long as one can expect um with like anything that is like explaining like recent history or just like haitian history to like give enough background for the story to be like legible. Um, so I'm just going to read some key parts, um, but it starts the United Nations security council on Friday, unanimously agreed to clamp down on illicit arms sales and violent criminal armed groups in Haiti by imposing a travel ban, arms embargo and asset freeze on gang leaders and anyone engaging in actions that threaten the peace, security, or stability of the crisis-wrecked Caribbean country. The U.S. ambassador to the U.N., Linda Thomas-Greenfield, called it, quote, an important step to help the Haitian people and said it is, quote, an initial answer to the calls for help from the Haitian people. The quote continues, we're sending a clear message to the bad actors that are holding Haiti hostage. The international community will not stand idly by while you wreak havoc on the Haitian people. In response, Thomas Greenfield added, one of the country's most notorious gang leaders, Jimmy Cherizier, also known as, who is known as Barbecue, has been sanctioned. His actions, Thomas Greenfield said, have directly contributed to the humanitarian crisis that has caused so much pain and suffering to the people of Haiti. 
For six weeks, the D9 family and allies gang alliance led by Cherizier has been blocking the flow of fuel, food, and drinking water by preventing tankers from accessing the country's main fuel terminal, Ferru, and using overturned trailers to block streets in Port-au-Prince. It's just the latest in a series of violent criminal acts by gangs that have increasingly grown more powerful since last year's assassination of the country's president, Jovenel Moïse. Since then, the heavily armed groups have launched deadly attacks in several neighborhoods and indiscriminately killed or injured hundreds while using sexual violence against women and girls to instill fear. They have also overtaken the main courthouse while setting fire to another and kidnapped locals along with foreign missionaries and UN personnel. Security Council members warned that the, san- warned that the sanctions are not a panacea to Haiti's multidimensional crisis, adding that while the decision to blacklist sends a message to gangs and those who collude with them, it should also send one to the country's bickering political actors who until now have been able- unable to reach agreement on the way forward. They must immediately stop their collusion with criminal actors, stop their partisan fighting, put the interests of their country and the people first, and bring to a consensus on the nation's political structure and a transitional arrangement without delay, said China's deputy permanent representative, Gang Shuang. The sanctions vote had previously been scheduled for Wednesday, but was delayed after some countries raised concerns, and the United States and Mexico sought to incorporate their concerns into the final text. The revised final text obtained by the Miami Herald included language for lifting sanctions and added an ombudsperson to safeguard against adverse effects. It also includes a humanitarian carve-out to ensure there there are no adverse effects on providing assistance to Haiti. The revised final text also dropped language on the deployment of a multinational force to help the Haiti National Police take back key infrastructure, as well as a reference to UN Secretarial Antonio Gutierrez. Gutierrez's October 8th letter supporting the deployment and security options after the departure of such a force. Um, so yeah, there's like a whole lot there. There, there was mention um, of um, the assassination of President Jovenel Luis last year. Um, since then, um, hey, there has been like a like scrambles for power. The person who is like nominally in charge right now is Ariel Henri, who has like the favor slash like to a degree, like the backing of the US government. And he is like one of the people who has been like lobbying the US. Um and the UN for like uh like armed intervention or like supplies of like arms. Um, and so this, this article doesn't say so explicitly, but like the sanctions that were passed are like nominally like a a better option or let me not even say like better, but like it is, um, that is like something that, um, it is more in line with what like civil society groups in Haiti have been like demanding. Like there have been ongoing protests um, like on the streets in Haiti and folks have been like protesting explicitly against like uh, U.S. like military intervention. Um, so it's cool on some levels that they have not like moved forward with that, but there is still like a lot of like mobilization Um of like American like resources to 
intervene like militarily in Haiti um, rather than like funding civil society or like, you know, taking measures to like cancel debt, um, things like that. It's just like really gross how like it's, um, I don't know, like I feel like there's like a sort of like assumption that like this is just how like Haiti is and there's like very little aside from like and like a sort of like smattering of articles like here and there or like you know when something like really awful happens like there isn't like um continued like mobilization or even like education um among like people who have power to change things in Haiti like and I'm speaking like as an American as like you know someone who like reads the New York Times who follows like American mass media that like I don't know, there's just, like, a continued, uh, continued, like, violence against the Haitian people that's sort of, like, treated as if it's, like, routine. Anika, I'm not sure if you would know this, but, uh, do you know if the people of Haiti have a favored person to lead the country? Or even if they, there's reporting on, like, how they're feeling with this current like with the sanctions how they're feeling about all of this because i mean america should be the last to intervene in any of this this is all very pop calling the kettle black for us yeah absolutely i don't know um and i don't know that i don't know that there is like an agreed upon leader um among like civil society folks in haiti um but i do know that there has been like sustained <laughs> opposition and protest against like Ariel Henry um and I also, I do think, like, it is, like, interesting that, like, folks have, or not folks, but, like, government, like, international, like, organizations have, like, chosen to go after, um, like, gang leaders in quotation marks, because, like, I feel like this is a sort of, like, arbitrary designation. Like, I'm not saying that, like, Jimmy Cherizier is, like, actually, like, you know, like, doing good work, but, like, the way that, like, reporting on Haiti goes, like, it's generally, like, oh, like, there's the government, and there are these, like, armed gangs, and there's, like, no other, like, there's no other, like, organization in Haiti that is, like, actually, like, engaging with, like, the people on the ground or, like, providing services um, when there are, in fact, like, unions and I'm not really, like, up on this, like, up on this situation to, like, name particular groups, but I know that there there are, like, labor organizations, there are community organizations, there are, like, organizations in the U.S. that are doing, like, solidarity work with, like, people who are actually, like, providing housing, providing medical care. Um, and so to sort of like only be able to respond in this way where it's like, we can mobilize to like send troops, we can like mobilize to send like armed people, we can like target these people who don't necessarily meet like any like clear criteria um, and like enforce it in this like arbitrary way is uh, sort of like... I don't know, I feel like that statement ended up going in, like, a couple of different directions, but, like, we can see that there are, like, people who have been, like, saying, like, these groups, like, don't represent us, um, and rather than, like, working with those groups, it's, like, okay, we're gonna, like, get, like, the U.S. government, or have the U.S. government, um, 
like work within this like international body to like send more yeah like to your point anika it is like there's this assumption that the people that are on the ground within a country like they need someone to come in and save them instead of like you know look to those people to be the leaders for what needs to happen because they would know yeah yeah absolutely um and i also just want to highlight like the u.n (laughs) is like also like responsible for the cholera outbreak that like yep they they caused like a cholera outbreak a little over like 10 years ago and like did not take like full responsibility at that time like every wave of like intervention in Haiti has like such a detrimental impact on like the Haitian people and like there really isn't like self-reflection <laughs> or like um efforts to like address that that like we can see in like this latest um this like latest round of action. No, it just says a lot that like the U.S. can offer military intervention. Like that's what we got. Like nothing else. Like no, just humanitarian aid or anything to the people. It's we got guns um, that will probably brutalize your people. But it's also it just sounds so reminiscent of like the other territory, like Puerto Rico, and like how we treat them um, or don't treat them as like citizens. Uh, embargoes against Cuba, like. And to so many, including people like me, like Americans, like United States Americans, it's, we think of them as like other in a way, like they're distant to us. Um, Yeah, it's not a good situation. It's mentioned in the article, it says, the sanctions vote had previously been scheduled for Wednesday, but was delayed after some countries raised concerns and the United States and Mexico sought to incorporate their concerns into the final text. Um, and a lot of that coordination between like the U.S. and Mexico is around Haitian migrants, asylum seekers um, at the U.S.-Mexico border. Um, I was just going to say, like not directly related to that, but just, you know, being that we are in Brooklyn, there's a large Haitian community here. Um, so I think, you know, me and Matthew were saying off like when we weren't recording how, you know, as people in the U.S., a lot of times we don't know as much as we should about what's happening in other countries or the way our government is interfering. Um, but what you can do is like on our end, like there are like Haitian asylum seekers and migrants that need support locally. There's a lot of local um, organizations that are geared towards helping the Haitian community here and back home. So I would encourage you, if you're listening, to like get plugged into that as a way to you know try to help people directly because some of these bigger organizations like Red Cross or whatever, like you, sometimes you really don't know what all they're getting up to with their quote unquote help. So like if you're interested, try to link up with people who are doing um, more community based work locally uh, to help people in Haiti and also their families that are here. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know, like, I I think it's, like, important that, like, folks also, like, have um, some, like, humility and, like, appreciation for, like, how entrenched, like, problems are, and, like, it's not, 
I mean, like, I think, like, what you're talking about in terms of, like, um, working in concert and in solidarity with, like, people who are, like, right here is important because, like, I think, like, the situation on the ground in Haiti is, like, really hard um, to decipher. Like, it's not necessarily, like, a thing where you, like, quote-unquote, like, do your research and are, like, able to figure out, like, oh, like the people who are in charge in this area are, like, the the right ones who, like, we should be, like, working with, and, like, the people who are in, in charge of this area are, like, actually, like, the criminal masterminds or whatever, like, my partner's family is, like, Haitian, um, his parents, like, immigrated in the 80s, and, like, when they talk about, like, the situation there, it's not, like, oh, like, this person is good and, like, that person is bad. It's just, like, the entire situation is, like, messed up. It's, like, not safe. Like, you shouldn't go, da-da-da-da-da. Um, and so, yeah, like, providing, like, direct support to people who are impacted rather than, like, identifying, like, political, the next generation of, like, political leaders, I think is, like, important path forward. Okay, well, thank you, Anika, for that world news story. Um, definitely a very complex as, you know, as all of the issues are. Like, it's never as simple as, you know, the headlines try to make it seem. So definitely important to keep that in mind and, you know, know your position. Um, and now we're going to move on to some good news. And Matthew, you are going to share the exciting news with us today. Um, yeah, I get the honor of giving this piece of news. Uh, the article I read is titled Anti-Woke Superhero. Anti-Woke Superhero Movie Blown Up in a $1 Million Con. Uh, this is on the Daily Beast. Uh, the uh, journalist is Will Summer. An attempt to make a right-wing superhero movie has ended in disaster with $1 million missing in China and a participant facing a federal indictment. Quote, I wouldn't count on us getting the money back, Theodore Bill, a far-right blogger known as Vox Day, admitted to his fans and investors in a video last week. This isn't how Beale's followers thought their investments would go in 2019 when they started contributing to fund a film based on a Confederacy-themed superhero comic book character created by Beale. What? A trailer promoting, <laughs> a trailer promoting the proposed movie, uh, the title is Rebels Run, featured the character Rebel fighting a global police force, hunting down free-thinking conservatives. Bill's supporters, they were going to raise three-quarters of a million. They got to a million dollars, um, and now that money's lost. <laughs> uh, it was a, They didn't even get made. It got flopped. The money was handed over to a who they thought was this crypto wealth fund guy. No, he didn't have any money. He was embezzling, moving that money around, and... He, like, tried a PPE uh, fraud and is now indicted. So the movie flopped. <laughs> oh, my God. And that's a million dollars that doesn't go to towards funding any anti-trans stuff. So happy to see their money get wasted. Wow. That is so uh, I, I am, like, not a fan of crypto, if that even, like, needs to be said. But, like, I do love the, like, grifter tie-ins. Like, it's just, like, fun for the scam stories. It's it's pretty clearly it's like scam from the beginning. It's like the ultimate LM, uh, what MLM? Yeah. Like, 
come on, people. Ponzi scheme, without a doubt. Oh, man. Yeah, this is great. I mean, typically, <laughs> like, the good, news, the good news stories that we do on the show, it's like, typically, it would be some uh, advancement in technology or medicine. <laughs> this, you know what? This is also good. Because, like, it, what? Like, the superhero was going to be who? Like, Yosemite Sam? It's uh, like exactly. A that's, a, that's a confederate. So, oh, just this is perfect. Absolutely. Like, perfectly encapsulate why they aren't funny. And they also can't make a movie. This is why the arts are important, people. We can't. Yeah. They, <laughs> like, ugh, yeah. They're not funny. It's like, no, there's so much wrong with people on the right and on the far right. That is so dark and scary and horrifying. But then there's also the fact that when it comes to, like, when it comes down to it, they don't have the juice. They're haters. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not good at being creative. Just, like, please. like As you said, flops. Flops across the board. Nothing but flops. Uh, Like, you don't have it. You don't have it. And we don't want to hear it. Um, One interesting thing I did learn is the Beale director guy, his stands or whatever they are, fellow uh, right-wing Nazis probably, uh, they were part of the Sad Puppies movement uh, within the sci-fi fantasy realm when they were trying to overtake the Hugo Awards, which is like the major awards for sci-fi fantasy. Um, and they were huge. They were basically the people who were trying to kind of like take over as a voting block and get in there and like be like anti-woke. They failed miserably. Shortly after like they kind of fell out of favor, like their thing kind of disbanded. Uh, one of my favorite authors, N.K. Jemison, won the Hugo Award like for each of the novels in her trilogy um, back-to-back, and she was the first uh, Black woman to achieve that. Um, was very much like in your face you people have no idea what art and good literature are so like you're sad pathetic if you look up sad puppies um it was there's a wikipedia entry with about them uh so i mean but it and i think it's like a self description very much like incel like mm, yeah it's it's along those lines it's very as they say cringe Yeah, Um, yeah i think me and you matthew have talked about it before like there's so much art like movies in the 80s and 90s that are like dystopic fiction and things Mm -hmm. that are very clearly like lefty progressive and somehow these people are like but this is our this is our uh avatar like the punisher is not like that's like an anti you know authoritarian power thing but somehow that's been adopted by people on the right as like a symbol or it's like you're trying to make this and that woke and it's like when the movie came out in 1970 something 80 something 90 something it was very clearly like pro woman mm-hmm. pro worker pro left anti all the stuff you stand for so you're the one that didn't get it like yeah some of the best like comics and graphic novels are making the yeah. point of like the ultimate like making the bad people come to the realization of like that meme are we the baddies yes yes you are you are the baddies. Oh, you're kind. You're almost there. You need a little bit more thinking. Yeah, or like the term. Like I only recently watched Terminator yeah. Two with the what's his name? It's like T one thousand or something. But you know what I'm talking about. He's like the guy. He's the Terminator that is in the form of a cop. 
Mm-hmm. And that's the mm-hmm. James Cameron movie. And like I remember yeah. because when you came to my birthday and I mentioned I would like I had a scene um term the first Terminator in the theaters, you were like, Well, how old are you? you- <laughs> I was like, girl. I mean they showed it at a theater. I love that. And I saw it. Okay. I was not I wasn't even a gleam in my dad's eye. I mean, too, I would have asked that too. That, that a solid question, uh, and needed well, answering. You know what? Both with friends like y'all, <laughs> but anyway, like in the Terminator Two, like that character, you know, James Cameron spoke eloquently about how, like that character, he chose it to be a police officer because he wanted something that would represent, like, just this unstoppable force. That once it's set in motion, that they are out looking for whatever. Right. It's like nothing else matters to them. Like man, woman, child, right, wrong. They're just like this force that is out to get whatever they're set to go get. And somehow, you know, people are like, yeah, yeah. he's my hero. It's like, oh, okay, well, thanks for alerting the community. The exact same thing with the Matrix and how they have tried to like adopt that to be their thing on the far. And the Wachowski sisters are like, no, it's like trans allegory and like clear, like very much so like this. And people are like, oh, <laughs> and it's like trying to co-opt something that's not yours because you didn't understand its original intent. That's your fault. Yeah, yeah. All right, y'all. Well, we did it. We did a show. <laughs> Woo. Thank you so much for uh, speaking with me today. I really appreciate it. And I hope that, you know, the audience gets got to know you all a little better as well. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. Um, and thank you all, the audience, for listening. This was Objection to the Rule once again on Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, stay yeah. tuned for more community-based radio on the station and we're going to play you out with our final musical break this is die young by sylvan esso bye everybody have a good rest of your week i had an old plan that before you met me was gonna leave early so swiftly maybe in a fire or crash all for how tragic so early I was gonna die young